Welcome to Overcaffeinated. Uh, I'm your host, Mark Cunningham, and we're happy to have you back. Uh, if you haven't watched before, our slogan is like the view, but not terrible. Uh, so join as always, we have Beacon CEO, Justin Owen, and we have the new speaker of the house joining us, Cameron Sexton. Thanks so much for joining us, speaker. Great to be here. We Thank appreciate you. it. Yeah, his debut on, on Overcaffeinated, so it's a big deal. It's, all, it's going downhill for you. put it on a scramble. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, this will be your worst interview ever, I promise. Um, so we're gonna talk about the, uh, uh, an issue that's really captured the, the whole state's imagination, which is the Titans. Um, they had an incredible year this year. They had two upset wins in the playoffs, and they were one win away from the Super Bowl. I know that you're both Titans fans, uh, so they, they exceeded expectations pretty substantially. I want to know, do you think this was a fluke, that, or do you think it's something they could actually do again next year? Do you think it was kind of a lucky thing where they won two games in a row? And then the second question, which is most important, is that they're going to be in some salary cap issues. So you have to bring one guy back. Do you bring back Tannehill, the quarterback, or do you bring back Derrick Henry? So, Speaker, we'll start with you. Do you think that the success is replicable next year, or do you think it was kind of a lucky? No, I do. I really do. I think, though, to, to be successful next year, if you watch the Kansas City game, defensive back speed is, is a key for him. But if I was picking between one, I'd take King Henry. There's no, there's no you, doubt. You take it. So you would right. re-sign him, get him a long-term would, deal? Yeah. yeah, I mean, he ran over everybody in the playoffs. So, Justin, what about you? I agree with that because I think – his running style and ability opens doors for a Tannehill-type quarterback that doesn't necessarily have to be Tannehill. So they've got more flexibility when it comes to the quarterback. Ideally, you know, we'd go all in and do our best to keep both, but because of that salary cap, that can become a difficult thing to do after that run. Well, if you look at the Baltimore Ravens back in the day, you know, I'm not saying the quarterback's not important, but you had a, a average quarterback – um, with a very good running back and a great defense, and they won the Super Bowl. We're so, going to try Dilfer reference. So, the first so, Dilfer so reference I did ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's, it, it's interesting, though, but if you look at Henry's stats, while Tana, or while um, Mariota was still the quarterback, they were way down. So maybe Tannehill opened up things for him a little That's bit, true. too. So I think the goal will be to bring both of them back. Consistency. It's about consistency and not not turning the ball over. And legislating right? and in football. So that's right. perfect. Um, <laughs> so let's, let's move on to the next issue. We're going to talk Big about the TV timeout. We yes. didn't try the delicious <laughs> coffee. Well, yeah, okay. So this Was is, that intentional we, because we, it's cafeteria? I almost threw up, so I was trying to I do think it. We should actually. So have a okay, so about it. we have a little bit of a different over caffeine this week. Where this is this coffee's from the cafeteria. We usually have very local, really good coffees. It's as Maybe local as you can get. It's as in the building. As you can get, and as much close to garbage as you can get. But so we're <laughs> going to try the coffee. This will be a little bit different. It's just from the cafeteria in Cordell Hall. So I'm sure you've had this quite often, both of you. So we'll try it and see what you think about it. And we had to put on a curve, so we've had like good coffee. So zero to ten, where is this at? And give it like three points. You get like the where sixty-five. Does black tar run on that scale. It's like a five. <laughs> I'll give it a three and a half. I well, do think this, three and a half. The speaker needs to really up the game with the coffee uh, here. This would be priority number one well, of the legislative session. What I'd say is, is the cup dominates the taste. Okay. Unfortunately, <laughs> I think this fortunately is fortunately or unfortunately. I unfortunately, tell but uh, it, it's probably a Department of Corrections cup. I think. Um, but what I will say is there's a Dunkin' Donuts I can see just right out the window we could have gone to and uh, and probably got a little better quality. We'll plan ahead next I time. I feel like three and a half like sewer water. I get like a seven. Maybe I like have a, a seven? I have a terrible palate, but I feel like if we're going on a curb, like I would drink this. Well, it's not bitter. I'll give it that. That's it's not true. bitter. It's not, it's not bitter. bitter. Okay, not so bitter. better than, I mean, some of the places we've had. Yeah. Better than. Not on the show. Yeah, not on the show, just in general. Yeah. The sewer water, something we have. So. <laughs> okay, so now that we had this gross coffee, got that out of the way, let's talk about the New York Times. So they endorsed, I think it was on Monday, they endorsed both both Senators Amy Klobuchar and Elizabeth Warren for president, which is weird they endorsed two people, but regardless. Um, our friends of the Tennessee have endorsed in the past years Mayor Briley. They've endorsed the transit plan, both of which have failed terribly. So my question to you is, it seems like endorsements used to matter from newspapers. 
I think one is, do they still matter? And two is, is it something you even think newspapers should do at this point? Do you think they're alienating readers? And they say, well, no matter what side you're on, uh, we're going to endorse this person. So we'll start with you, Speaker Sexton. I mean, do you think that newspaper endorsements matter? I, 20 years ago, yes. Today's world, no. I think there's so much uh, other information that's coming and advocacy groups. I think those endorsements matter more on those on those issues of right. driving people instead of a general endorsement from a from a media outlet. Do you think that newspapers should endorse or do you think they should just kind of stop and just try to report? Because I mean, they're endorsing something they're also reporting news on in a separate part of the newspaper. Well, I mean, they can do what they want to. They own the paper and they have the ink, so they can say what they want to. I think also people may look at it and say, are you going to cover them the same as if the other person won? I think that would be the, the question at the end of the day. Real free market guy saying newspapers can do what they want. They're trying to trying to silence them like someone the left do. So, <laughs> so, so what about you, Justin? Do you think they matter at all anymore? I don't. I think people ignore them. I don't even think they have a good or bad impact. I think that people just expect that it's going to be, you know, if it's a Republican versus Democrat, they're going to typically endorse uh, the, the more liberal candidate. And I think people are not surprised when that happens. It's kind of weird when you can't even come down to one person like the New York Times. You have to endorse two very polar opposite people. Yeah, that's a weird is, endorsement, yeah, right? Yeah. You're like the kind of the most maybe moderate most moderate person and like the most maybe. liberal, yeah. Well, it yeah. depends on what side of the city you live on, I guess. Yeah, that's right. There you go. <laughs> Any side where not Devossi is not there, I'd be happy with. But. So, so, and then do you think that they should continue doing this? I mean, do you think that's a... I, I know that I talked with the Knox who sent on Tennessee and like they're trying to move away from it a little bit. They're still doing it, but maybe less well, than they used didn't to. The Tennessean quit doing it for a while. And then they, kept, and then they, they came decided back to do it again. I think what? there was an election where it's like mostly Republicans running, so they quit yeah, yeah, endorsing. Not so they didn't have to endorse any of those. But I, I mean, I, I don't think it's helpful. I don't think it um, does anything to ingratiate themselves to their readers. So I think they should try their best to report the news rather than be the news. It seems like it's somewhat noteworthy when you have kind of maybe a moderate paper that switches between Democrats and Republicans based on the candidates. I know there's some that liberal-leaning ones that endorsed Mitt Romney. were like, that might be kind of news, or the other way around, that sure. endorsed Obama. But for the most part, I, I think that most it, people... It would be interesting to see how Iowa and New Hampshire does it in the presidential yeah. primaries and what effect they have. Maybe the earlier in the process it may, the later you get, it might not have Well, any. and those more those, those states that are not as urban and things right. like that, people may you know still read that. People still read their local newspaper uh, even if they're not reading their like big newspapers or national newspapers and maybe well. we're talking about down the ballot too i mean like if you talk about an iowa some people probably didn't know who andrew yang was beforehand sure. if somebody endorsed right. him it's like okay i didn't i never heard of this right. guy let me look him up or in like city council race or things like that but okay so we're going to move forward to an issue that you both are very aware of uh the legislative session has started oh, really? in tennessee yeah i know it's great <laughs> i know it's crazy to both of you um so i want to talk about a couple things here First, we're going to talk about an issue that has really drawn a lot of attention from the media and from homeowners alike, which is a bill that Beacon Impact's working on to cap property taxes. Um, if it's and basically, if, if a city wants to raise it more than five percent, uh, they have to go through the voters to do it. So, Justin, tell me first why you thought this was an important kind of idea and why you think that we should do this. We've heard from more people about this issue than any other over the last year. Think about, we calculated some $200 million in property tax increases proposed across the state. Many of those passed. People called us and said, hey, y'all tout getting rid of the hall tax and the death tax and cutting state taxes, but what good does it do if my local governments are taking it right back out of my pockets? And so we looked at what other states were doing. We were actually surprised to find that only four states don't have some type of um, cap or restriction on increasing property taxes. And so what we've proposed at Beacon Impact is very simple. You can raise taxes by 2% plus inflation every year. If you don't do it, you can bank some of that to do a larger increase in the future if you've been fiscally responsible. And if you want to raise it more than that, put it on the ballot like we do sales tax increases, like we did the transit referendum in Nashville. Give people the opportunity to vote on it. 
And if as a local government you can convince voters that it's the right thing to do, you can raise it by 100% if you want, but there needs to be some mechanism that voters have a say in that, uh, and we don't currently have that, and we've seen a lot of significant increases across the state as a result. Hey, by 100%, I'm leaving Nashville for sure. But <laughs> so, so Speaker Sex, I mean, what, what do you think about that? I know that I mean, you don't have to make an endorsement, but I mean, do, do you think that's a good concept generally to, to do something like that? Well, I mean, I think it's something to explore. I really do, because with the sales tax locally, a lot of times those went on the ballot as a referendum, right? Swill tax. Swill tax. Yeah. So, so there's a precedent there for things to go on the ballot. And, and give locals a little flexibility, what sounds like what, what they're wanting to do, with some flexibility to, to do a referendum or, you know, just put everything on the referendum and see what it is. You know, if, if, if you really need to raise taxes, then hopefully you've talked to the, the, the public and they understand the issues and why you need to do it if you need to go that far. So a referendum, it's not a bad idea in my mind. Okay, great. And, and let's go kind of more broadly to what's going to happen here um, in this session. So, Speaker Sexton, give me kind of what your biggest legislative priorities are this session, and then I need one bold prediction of something that, that's going to pass or not pass that might be kind of <laughs> counter to what the, the narrative out on the news media is. Yeah. So, um, well, I mean, health care reform, which we worked on a lot. Um, and that's certificate of need. Certificate yeah. of need, affordability. Um, I think uh, TANF is another issue that's really important about putting in conservative principles like we do in our economy in that program to move from government assistance to self-reliant or self-sufficiency. Uh, I think the criminal justice reform, I think truth in sentencing is very much needed in the state of Tennessee. Um, I think victims and, and victims' families are, are upset when someone gets 10 years and they see them on the street in two years. And I think that's a, not a deterrent ten, to serve 10, to do 10 is a deterrent. And so we need to do a better job of making sure people serve their sentence, sentences. Um, bold prediction, I, I will say there'll be some type of CON reform, I think that will be passed this year. Um, how big, I'm not sure we're still in the, in the process, but it's one thing where government shouldn't pick winners and losers and government needs to figure out how to get out of that process. That's great, so we'll put that down on our board of, of yeah. bold prediction. We'll see if you're right or not. We'll, well this is the, the guy year. who passed the original <laughs> reform. Yeah, yeah, we, that's right, ago, if, so. if anybody could pass the juice. So Justin, what about you? What, what are kind of the priorities that you're looking at and, and what is a bold prediction from you of some stuff that we're working on or not working on, a bold prediction in session? Yeah, so the healthcare stuff, I think, is going to be one of the biggest conversation uh, pieces for the session. Uh, CON reform, telehealth, things like that are going to get a lot of attention. Uh, and that's going to be my bold prediction because those things start to get discussed every year. And by February, it just sort of fizzles out because of the special interest groups that really push uh, and tamp down any, any reforms. But now that we have a very healthcare reform minded speaker, uh, I'm going to go and predict that not only CON reform, but some telehealth reform and some other things are going to get done, too, that just never have made it in the last few years. Really going bold. Like a Titans over Ravens prediction there. Three things. I like it. I like it. Um, so this is going to be, I think this is probably the most fun question we have here. Uh, so I read a Daily Mail article. I try not to do that. But that there's people who are like celebrity doppelgangers, people who look like celebrities, who can make up to $10,000 per appearance just by looking like somebody. So I, I thought of one for both of you, but here's my question. These are doppelgangers. For like, I have both of you, both of you. But my question is, who have you been told you look like? What, what celebrity oh. have you said, like, okay, I've yeah. been told I look like him. And then I have two that so, we'll see. So I've been told if you watch the King's Speech, Colin Firth. Oh, that's a yeah, great one, yeah. and uh, Love that. Actually too. Right? Yeah, if you if you yeah. if you watch it, there is some resemblance. I had maybe more. I had maybe a more complimentary one for you, but what, what about <laughs> you, Justin? <laughs> so not anymore as an adult because he looks kind of like a meth head. But Macaulay Culkin, when he was a kid, oh, God, I had, like, when we were kids uh, in Home Alone, was growing up. Everybody at my school would be like, "Oh, do the Macaulay Culkin face when he puts on the shaving cream," and so I looked very much like him growing up. Fortunately. 
I didn't You've grown this way. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> or follow that path. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I had, so what about that? So this is a kind of a fictional character, but what about Clark Kent, right? Doesn't he have the, the glasses yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's a positive one. You know, that, yeah. that new good looking. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And for you, I'm I afraid had to guy, hear him. <laughs> yeah. I, had, I think he's like 21, the guy I compared to you, which may be complimentary too, but that guy, uh, Evan Peters, do you know who he is? I don't know. He was in like American Horror Story. Okay. And he was in uh, the One Tree Hill, which I'm sure you definitely watched. But oh yeah, no, right. I, 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 both were comments. Was that on the CW? That wasn't. I, I, most, most of the shows I watch on the CW, you know that. Um, do we agree on that tale or not? Okay, so I got. Both, I, I got. I'm gonna have to look this yeah, up because I don't both, know. Both are complimentary. Fun. I remember I did like one of those tests online, and like because they, they take your smiles up, and I had Shaq as my comparison. I'm like, well, I don't know about yeah, that. I think but that. I, I wish, but no, I, I don't know. You look like a combination between Michael Scott from The Office and Devin. Devin uh, Nunes. I, I, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's like everyone's like, "Is that your dad?" And it's like, "Well, yeah. I wish I'd be richer if he was." But um, <laughs> so let's go to this one. So uh, you probably have known that it's award season. Uh, if, if you saw the Ricky Gervais kind of mm-hmm. talking down to the media there, um, and my question is, it's been a great year of TV shows and movies. So if you had to give an Oscar for a movie you've seen or a TV show you've seen the past year. Which one did you give to? I know that Adam Sandler wow. got a lot of credit. I mean, he, he, they talked about he was snubbed for Uncut Gems. That made a big story, too. And now he might make Grown Up 3, so it's a, it's a win for everybody. Um, so what is your one show or movie that you think was the best thing you've seen over the past year? Speaker Sexton, we'll start with you. Oh, wow. So um, um, most of the stuff we watch is on Amazon or, or Netflix. Yeah. So, you know, I think The Queen would be one. I think that's... It's a good show. Yeah, it's got yeah. a lot of like great critical yeah, reviews right. too for that show. So you have the Queen, and I think you know everybody's talking about the Irishman. So I mean, I, that's a logical choice as well. Yeah, if you have like six hours of time to waste, right? <laughs> yeah, you can watch well, that. Yeah. What about so you? I, we briefly talked about this before as we were prepping, and I, I've convinced you to take this to shows or movies because I did not go to the movie theater in all of 2019. I'll admit that Taylor always makes fun of me on our uh, podcast for being. <laughs> but we so two shows in particular Chernobyl was amazing uh, it was a really great miniseries and then Succession is hmm. very intense and an interesting show so those are my two those favorites. are good choices I mean I've heard about that Has either, have either you watched the um the Aaron Hernandez documentary. No, on we're, that's on the list. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I, I have not watched either, but I heard it's, it's excellent. Yep. It like changed the whole way you looked at that whole case when it happened. Watch the R. Kelly. I don't know if you want to oh, go there. Oh, God, that. yeah. That's a little too dark. <laughs> that that one one yeah, I don't think you want to yes. go there. But. Yes. <laughs> we won't talk about R. Kelly anymore. Um, so, okay, so this is, before we go into this or that, this is the section where I say, what's bugging me where I complain about something, uh, whether it's traffic, whether it's hatred, Nickelback, where I complain about something that's bothering me in my everyday life and then get your your feedback on. I think you'll agree with this one, actually. So I was talking to Suzanne, and she said that her family members in Kansas City kept texting her and saying, oh, we beat you, ha, ha, ha. And it annoys me. You can trash talk as much as you want before the game. When a game's over, stop. Somebody, when, you, when you're done for the year, I mean, your heart is sunk. And you're like, I don't want to talk about football or this in, in three or four weeks. And you have people bragging. I mean, show some class and, and be a good winner. I think you should trash talk as much as you want before the game. It's fun. But when the game's over, move on, cheer for your team. And you don't need to, like, make – like, if you got a Kansas City fan, they would make you feel terrible. That, that, that would just make you angry and say horrible things to them. Thankfully, I say horrible things to everyone, so you wouldn't be able to tell. <laughs> but but that, that's not that's my opinion. It's like I think that you should you should if your team wins, you should be a, a good winner, not a sore winner, doing that. Especially the Titans. I mean, nobody expected them to go that far. You can do it if it's a Patriots. It's like <laughs> okay, so we can, there could be an exception for here. the Patriots, but. You know, nobody should trash talk beating the Titans yeah. after, you know, the start they had to the season. And they were the Cinderella story. So it's like kicking, 
you know, the, the underdog, literally. Well, at the end of the day, the only people that should trash talk are the ones who are playing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's very easy to be sitting in the stands and telling a 400-pound lineman what they're doing wrong. But go out there and line up against him, and let's see if you want to trash talk. So That's one of the best things about NBA games. You see them trashing. Some of the NBA players go over like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean anything. Sorry, sorry I, I apologize. I will never do that again. Um, so let's talk about this or that. So this is uh, – I'll give you two choices, and it's all Super Bowl themed. And you have to pick one and give me a one-sentence explanation for why. I'll start with you, Speaker. Huh? So Super Bowl champ, 49ers or Chiefs? I think 49ers because I think defense wins out. Okay, it's a one-point spread, so very close. What do you think, Justin? Oh, Chiefs. Oh, man, why? Uh, Mahomes. I mean, just a few. Like, I do agree defense wins out and they're tough, but he can make plays and they only have to do it a couple times and could still win that game. He's the best player in the world. I'm going to go with 49ers as well, though. Defense does win. So let's talk about better halftime performer, Jennifer Lopez or Shakira. Who are you more excited to see? <laughs> it seems like nobody's excited. I'm excited for both of them. But she can dance. Like, she can, she can dance amazing. very well. It'd be Jennifer Lopez if, if I'm actually watching the halftime performance. But yeah, actually, okay, yeah. I've always been a Shakira fan, so I'm gonna go with Shakira. I think they're both beautiful. You can't. I mean, both the music's terrible, so it's kind of a you have to walk and you can't <laughs> watch listen. it. On so yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Watch while muting. You'll be good. Um, better city. Which one would you rather visit, San Francisco or Kansas City? So you have to take a, a week trip. Where, do you, where are you going? I like to go to non-sanctuary cities, so that would be Kansas City. Ooh. Oh, there you go. Politics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, smart. Uh, I'm going to go Kansas City. Barbecue's great. They're not Memphis barbecue, yes. but it's still a, a good backup barbecue. And, you know, San Francisco, you got to watch where you walk now. And so that's, they, they got some problems. Well, you can be in Kansas City, up. direct flight from Nashville in Easy an hour and a half. That's yeah. true. So. If you, the best thing about San Francisco is where you can go from there. You can right. drive go to Napa to Valley or go, yeah, or go to the Redwoods or something. But I don't think any – I mean, San Francisco is kind of taking a, a hit too. Like 20 years ago, people go, oh, San Francisco is cool. I can't right. wait to go. Now nobody wants to go. I mean, conferences are moving. It's because of the politics and because of the just how disgusting it is there. Yeah. <laughs> um, better actor, ready? San Francisco's Danny Glover. Or Kansas City's Paul Rudd. So we have kind of different things. One doesn't pay their taxes, the other one does. But let's we'll go with that. So who are you taking for better actor? Glover or Paul Rudd? So kind of a comedy guy and kind of an action slash comedy guy. Uh, Paul Rudd. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's Paul your Rudd. what's your favorite? Do you have a movie that you like that he's in or just all of them? No, I'm okay. just basing it solely on uh, on uh, Danny Glover's, you know. Movies, which lethal lack yeah. of acting skills. That yeah. makes sense. He's more of a supporting role. <laughs> he, in most he is. Everything, he is. He's not a main. I'm gonna go with Paul Rudd too. I think he's funny. Okay. And then the last one, better singer, San Francisco's Sammy Hagar hmm. or Kansas City's Melissa Etheridge. <laughs> wow. I know. That's, that's a good Everybody one. I was yeah, looking. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I, that's a good comparison. One has a much better voice, but. Uh, I'll go with Melissa Etheridge. Melissa Etheridge. Yeah. I'll go with Sammy. He can party harder. Yeah. yeah Mas tequila, right? Yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> Cabo Wabo. Um, <laughs> so uh, our last section, we're going to kind of talk to you, Speaker Sexton, about a couple of things. Uh, obviously, you were, you were just elected Speaker of the House pretty recently. This is mm -hmm. your first session there. So I'm interested that a lot of people are interested in the way you're going to lead. So as Speaker, tell me kind of what your style of leadership is, the way that you that you want to lead. Well, I mean, I think here in the, in the House, it's really about empowering the members and empowering our chairman to do the job um, that they want to do, that they have passion for. Um, a lot of times, if you're going to pass good policy, you need to put people in the right position. So I take that very seriously as Speaker. Um, you know, my leadership style is, is really to listen, to work with. Um, I've learned very quickly that if I say something that, that dominates the discussion, there's no more conversation. So I try myself to not to interject, but to listen and to lead the discussion and then try to get us to where we have varying uh, degrees of discussion. Um, so that's sort of my leadership style. 
um, you know, I think at the end of the day, we can be we can be tough, we can be firm, but I think you you still need to have the respect of everybody that you're trying to lead. Absolutely, I mean, it seems like you've done a great job of that so far. And not only are you about Republicans, but it seems like Democrats have maybe not agreed with you on stuff, but have shown you a level of respect and said, "No, you know what? I like I like the guy." So talk to me about bipartisanship. It seems like one of the issues that both sides of the political aisle would like to see more of. Mm-hmm. This session, what can you name a couple of bills that you think could get done on a bipartisan basis where you're really bringing Republicans and Democrats <clears throat> together? Yeah, well, I mean, I think there's there's a lot. We have a lot more bipartisanship than what people think. You know, we passed 500 and some bills, and probably 480 of them are bipartisan at the end of the day. Really what the hang-up is a lot of times, so to answer your question, health care, CON reform, criminal justice, I think there'll be some things on there that we'll all vote for. Education stuff, apparently, um, will be in that mix as well. What I will say is, is what's more important to me is, is we have bipartisanship here. It's really allowing the members' voice to be heard and, and remembering that everybody represents 65,000 Tennesseans in their district. They're here whether we agree with their philosophies or not or whether we agree with their politics or not. They got 65,000 people to send them here to voice their support and concerns here for this body, and we need to allow them to have their voice to be heard. If you do that, I think that solves a lot of the different problems that you have as you're trying to move forward. So it's more kind of about respecting the members. Even if you don't agree with them, letting them talk and giving them their say. Well, it's about respecting the institution and, and respecting that the people put faith in that person to come here to do a job, and if they don't like what they're doing, then they can vote them out. And, and our job here is to allow them to have that voice and let people decide if they should stay or not. Great. Well, that, that, what, what a positive, uplifting way to end yeah. this. So uh, we're going to keep track of the predictions on both what's going to pass and the Chiefs uh, 49ers game. So we'll see what happens and we'll, we'll judge you accordingly. Uh, but we appreciate you joining us. And, and, Speaker, thank you for spending the time with us. We know you're really busy this time of year. So thanks for, well, thank for you taking a couple thank minutes you for that. Thanks, Speaker. And we'll see you next month.